My name is Brian Warner. I'm the lead pastor at Bethel Pentecostal Assembly. And today we're going to be having a special focus on the storms of life. Last week we looked at a text from Matthew chapter 14, 22 to 32, about the disciples full of fear, a storm is rocking their world, and Jesus is not there. What's your storm today? Perhaps the first thing that comes to mind would be COVID-19. Maybe it's something else. Well, what is your storm? Put a name to it and then commit it to God in the time that we have together and following it. In our verse selection today of Matthew 14, we find that the disciples are in a boat, far from land, beaten, tortured by the waves, and Jesus was on shore. They weren't in a large boat. They weren't even expecting a storm, but it came suddenly, taking them by surprise. Now, these disciples were seasoned sailors, and they were terrified. It was three in the morning. They weren't expecting it. And then to make matters worse, or I should say better, in their circumstance, even though they weren't fully aware of it, Jesus comes to them walking on the sea. At first, they thought he was a ghost, and so they cried out. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I. Stop being afraid, he said. I am here. Peter responds out in faith, and he walks out to Jesus. And that first step would be the scariest of taking that step in Jesus' direction. But he does that. What follows afterwards is something that we all in our human nature would do. We take our eyes off Jesus, and we look at the circumstances once again. And so Peter did that, and he focused on the wind and the waves instead of keeping his eyes on Jesus. And even though he wasn't so smart, he was smart in the next step. What he did was he simply cried out probably the shortest prayer in the Bible, Jesus save, Lord save. It's good that we can pray those kinds of prayers in times of trouble. And so Jesus reaches out to Peter, and he saves Peter. I want to ask a question. Maybe you've asked the very same one. Why should we trust God with our storm? Well, first, he is bigger than the storm, whatever it is. He also cares about our storm. He walks on the storm to the disciples in this text, and he walks to us when we can't get safe to shore. We can bring our storm to him, or he will find us. The second question is, how do we trust him with our storm? Well, obey his word. When Jesus said to Peter, come, Peter responded in obedience. When the crisis comes, we should, like Peter, even when our natural man gets in the way and we lose sight, we should pray, Lord, save, realizing that Jesus alone can save us. I want to encourage you, as I did last week, to give your storm over to Jesus and experience God's peace. We could trust him. We could experience his peace. It passes all of our understanding, which guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Well, that was last week. This is a follow-up message, sort of on the same line. It's a different text, another boat account. Don't worry, I don't have a boatload of sermons on this theme. This time, Jesus doesn't come walking in a storm. He sleeps through it. So this should be interesting to find out. Where is God in this pandemic? Jesus, if you care for us and love us, where are you? So you could turn to Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. And this is about a storm with Jesus in the boat. Follow along as I read. 
That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. May God bless the reading of his word today. So here we see Jesus and the disciples in a boat together. They're crossing to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Life is good. Jesus has taken a nap. Luke 8 says he fell asleep. Mark records sleeping on a cushion. Life is good until it isn't. That's life. A storm shows up again unexpectedly which happened quite often on the Sea of Galilee and in our life circumstances. From time to time, there are storms that seem to be overwhelming us, and we ask the questions. Jesus, don't you care? I want you to notice some things as you read the text and perhaps reread the text that I just want to highlight. Number one is Jesus is asleep before and after the storm. The disciples were faced with the wind of circumstances, on the outside, but on the inside, waves of doubt that were just as real. Also, the disciples, they do whatever they can to save themselves without the help of Jesus. And after all their efforts, they wake Jesus up and they criticize him. They say, don't you care? Maybe we've asked ourselves or Jesus that same question. Jesus got up, he rebuked the wind and the waves, by simply saying, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. The disciples, they were in awe wondering, who is this guy? Who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Let's note that just because Jesus is in the boat and there is a storm, doesn't mean that he is not God or that he doesn't care or that the disciples didn't matter to him. Jesus calms the storm around them. And then he calms the storm in them. Who is this man? I want to point you in the direction of the answer that the disciples are looking for. Let's look at Jesus, who he is. The first truth here is that the miracle of the stilling of the storm tells us the work that Jesus does. In Isaiah 61 it tells us that Jesus came to preach the good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to give recovery of sight to the blind, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release the prisoners from darkness, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus knew why he came. He just wasn't born. He came from heaven to earth for a purpose, which includes you and I today. The second thing, the miracle of the stilling of the storm tells us of the cry that Jesus hears. In the previous account, the other boat story, Peter says, Lord save, or Lord save me, and Jesus heard that prayer. Here again, the disciples are crying out, and they say, teacher, don't you care if we drown? 
it's time to call out for help when we find that the more we try in our own strength and doubt, the more we sink. The boat was getting full. Something had to be done. In the epistle of Peter, 1 Peter 5, verse 7, Peter says, Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. And I encourage you to do that today. So cry out to Jesus. He is always listening, even when it appears that he is asleep. One of my favorite verses are Psalm 61, verse 1 to 2. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I call out to you. I call out as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The third thing that this account tells us is that the miracle of the stilling of the storm tells us of the needs that Jesus meets. See, Jesus was not sleeping because he didn't care about the disciples. He slept because of exhaustion. He didn't stop being God. His humanity was tired. Verse 36 says, they took him along just as he was. After a full day of ministry and healings and, and speaking truth and just serving, in the physical sense, he was very tired. So they took him along just as he was, and he fell asleep in the boat. He was experiencing the same storm as the disciples, except he could sleep. It was a life and death situation, but he is life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We can count on him today just for him being him, the way, the truth, and the life. Well, in the midst of the storm, he's awakened, and he comes to the rescue. Jesus can handle our life and death situations and anything else in between. And the question is, will you let him handle yours? The fourth truth here is that this account tells us of the fear that Jesus can calm. Verse 40. Jesus asked, why are you so afraid? Although Jesus was in the boat, it is not always smooth sailing. It is, however, safe sailing. And notice Jesus, Jesus didn't wake up, do a knee-jerk reaction, scream, grab a pail, and start bailing like a madman and say, why didn't, why didn't you call me? Do you want us all to die? Instead, he just spoke those words that gives us all that assurance that we need. It's not the storms of life we face that we should fear, but rather if we try and do it alone, on our own, and if Jesus is not in our boat at all. See, if he's in the boat, all will be well. We're fearful when, we are, when our faith in Jesus is faulty. I encourage you to put your faith in Jesus Christ, who will not disappoint. Someone once said that there are over 365 fear knots in the Bible, one for each day of the year. Maybe you have just one fear today. It's COVID-19. Maybe you have many fears. Regardless of how many fears that you have, Jesus wants to calm any of those fears and all of those fears. And the Bible says perfect love drives out fear, your fears. So give your worries, your care, and your fears to him. Well, just a few more things that I see in this scripture. Jesus wants us to have faith. We are the same as the disciples when we're in trouble. We question Jesus and his ability to care for us or his interest in us. And we need to see the big picture of who he is. Lord, increase our faith, the disciples would say from time to time. Lord, increase our faith. As we look to you, as we look around us, help us to stay focused and see the big picture and how important faith 
in the living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, live. Well, another thing is this miracle tells us about the peace that Jesus brings. He said, peace be still, and it was. Talk about a calm after the storm. John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I, I, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's a good word for us today. May God bring you peace. And the last thing that I see is this storm tells us about the person Jesus is. Not, not was, is today. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The disciples said, who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Yes, Jesus is human. He was tired, he was exhausted, and he was asleep. But he is divine. He rebuked the storm. He's the master of every situation. He is Jesus Messiah, the Son of God. He is the only Savior that man has and needs. And we can put all of our trust and faith in him, no matter what the storms are or how many we may face. So what's our takeaway? Number one, trust Jesus. He is present in the storms of life and in your storm today. And if he is present in a storm, you are safe. So I encourage you, don't jump ship. Keep your faith in Jesus. He's the author and finisher of your faith, of my faith. Trust in him in the darkness of the night and joy will come in the morning. He hears your cry. He knows the storm you're facing and can speak peace into your life. I want to encourage you, people of faith, that there's some things that we as a church want to do, and I encourage you to consider as well, to connect. Connect with God. Pray, read your Bible, do your devotions. Um, connect with others in the church by email, by phone, um, by just other opportunities, Facebook and such, just to let them know that you're there, you're praying for them, that you care. So there's different ways that we can care as well. You can care for those in our church, you can care for our neighbors, for your family, for friends, and even for strangers. Share. Share the good things that you know that have brought you peace. Share even your resources that you can give to someone else who maybe doesn't have any of those things, whatever is needed, that you can share instead of hold. And then lastly, pray like never before. Don't do life alone. Call out to the Lord and he will save, he will encourage, he will provide, and he will be present all of your days, not just in this crisis, but all the days of your life. Life is good until it isn't, but God is good all the time, and he loves you and has a plan for your life. I'm going to read a, a prayer during this crisis, and I just ask simply that you would hear it and that you would agree as I read this prayer out to you. Heavenly Father, we pray for you to intervene to stop the spread of the COVID-19 virus. We pray in Jesus' name that the virus would recede and diminish from this day forward and that the numbers of those affected would decline rapidly. We trust you, Lord, to intervene today with your loving care. We pray for those who are sick, that they will have access to the care and treatment they need. We pray peace and perseverance for them amidst this time of suffering. We pray for those in isolation who are cut off from their normal routines and support systems, that they would seek or find strength from you. We pray encouragement over thousands in isolation and quarantine, waiting to find out if they have the virus or not. 
We pray for the health workers who are caring for those with COVID-19. We pray for their protection from the virus, for stamina during long or intense hours, and for safe protocols to be observed in healthcare institutions in order to keep them protected. We pray for health workers to seek you during this crisis. We pray for grieving families who have lost loved ones over uh, this coronavirus, COVID-19, even as their hearts are breaking. We pray they would know your nearness and comfort. We pray that your compassion, Lord, would be felt through the Holy Spirit's ministry and through the ministry of friends and neighbors who come around them. We pray against despair. We pray new mercies every morning. We pray for pastors serving their churches and communities in our town of Godrich and surrounding areas and everywhere the local church is around the world that have been affected and infected by COVID-19. We pray that the Holy Spirit would give them these shepherds, leaders, guides, um, the right words for this time and the right actions for the right situation. We pray they would speak your gospel in heart, word, and deed to each person that they're called to minister to. We pray for the body of Christ worldwide, that they would rise up to pray and support the sick and their caregivers in practical and sacrificial ways. We pray for our church to be a light on a hill in their neighborhoods, hospitals, communities, and cities where you have placed them. We pray for an outpouring of love, compassion, and service in your name. We pray for government officials and decision makers who are leading countries and organizations through this crisis. We acknowledge you have allowed each one to be in a place of influence during this time. We pray they would mobilize resources quickly and effectively to where they are most urgently needed. We pray for all those working behind the scenes. We pray the good administration and execution of response efforts worldwide. We pray for those waking up each day to fall out caused by COVID-19, that they would reach to you, Lord, with their arms wide open. We pray for people looking earnestly for you because we know their desire to seek you and to find you and that you will provide for them. We pray for those whose businesses and livelihoods are ruined by the halt in many sectors of the economy. We pray for those who may lose jobs and salaries. For each one, we pray new beginnings with you, walking by their side. And scripture says, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. Listen for that still small voice. I know God speaks to each and every one of us. As well, we pray for our mission co-workers worldwide today, especially those serving in areas acutely impacted by COVID-19. We pray for wisdom for each ministry team to know how to carry out their responsibilities. We pray that ministries would not have to shut down, but that you would see fit that they are carried on through this difficult time for your glory in different ways and taking different measures. We pray for all those who live and die without the knowledge of Jesus to hear about you through this crisis and respond to your love. But we pray that we would take the opportunity to share the truth of your gift of salvation to every man, woman, and child around the world today so that they will become brothers and sisters in Christ, receive the free gift of salvation, know your loving presence in this terrible time and crisis. So we are asking today in your name for this gift to come out of this present crisis. And we ask all these things 
In Jesus' name, amen.